Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty. And I love it. This time of year, episode number 175, we're recording this on the week of the NFL Combine. It's so much fun. Combine week it is, one of the most enjoyable weeks of the offseason if you are a Dynasty Freak. I record and watch every minute of it. <laughs> I use the drills and measurements to start what I call actually stage two of my rookie evaluation process. Yeah, it's the first pivot point, you could say, in stage two, uh, leading to some different rankings in my rookie rankings, which are already posted on our website. Now, what I thought I'd do this week is we kind of get ready for the second uh, pivot, first pivot point, or what I call the first part of stage two in my rookie uh, rankings. I thought that I'd actually just talk a little bit about my process. Uh, it's a process that I've really grown to love, and I'd highly recommend it for fellow Dynasty freaks just to take this process of mine and use it yourself, or perhaps you want to uh, create your own process and just let me know how you use yours too. So let's jump in. We'll talk about stage one. Stage one is what I call forming my own opinion. Um, as a Dynasty manager, I really enjoy forming my own opinion about rookies first so that I can actually resist falling prey to the groupthink or the hive mind around the Dynasty community. Stage one is really my favorite stage because I form my own opinions, make my own rookie rankings before listening to or comparing my rankings to anyone else. Uh, I listen to the others in stage two, which I'll talk about, but first I do the following things in stage one, which is really what I've done uh, during the month of January and uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, which is when I release my rookie rankings. So there's three things that I do in my stage one. Uh, First is film. Uh, Grading rookies is definitely not my full-time job, so I don't have time to watch every play of every game of each prospect, but I do spend many, many hours uh, watching the highlight films on each player. And I think that doing this allows me to see what the players do well, which is enough to answer the question that, you know, even many NFL scouts ask. And the question is, uh, how does a player win? Like, what's one thing that this player does good? How are they going to win in the NFL? And I think that I can learn more in stage two about the weaknesses of each player, but the first kind of pass by looking at highlight film, what I'm doing is I'm getting a state, you know, getting an answer to the question, how do they win? Love watching all the film and the highlights, and I feel like that allows me to do that. My second step in the stage one process is then I look up their production. Uh, After watching the highlight film, I pull up the prospect's college stats just to see what I call their production profile. I look to see how their career progressed, if they broke out earlier, if they steadily progressed, or if they were one of those late-round breakout guys that just had one great season late in their career. I see how they compared to other players on their team in the sense of what percentage of the offensive share they've had in yards and touchdowns, touches, targets. The production profiles really are a significant way to evaluate prospects, and it's one form of analytics, really, which is why in stage two, um, I describe the variety of people that I listen to. You'll hear about that in, you know, after forming my own opinion, because they do even more work than I get to do on you know, creating a production profile. So I start with film, I look at the production profile, and then one little last you know, carrot on top, or what would that be? What, what's on top? Not a carrot top. I don't know what I'm talking about. One cherry on top, that's the word I was looking for, is I look at their pedigree. Like, what is their pedigree? With one final thing that I do in this stage uh, is you know, far less valuable than the film and production, but I like to know what the prospect's you know, pedigree is like, meaning I go to 24-7 sports composite score and see what they were ranked as a college recruit, 
where they ranked in their recruiting class overall, which schools recruited them, things like that. And the players who are highly touted recruits and performed like it in college, they get like a little extra bump in my rankings because that was expected of them and they did it. So I think they can do it again in the NFL. But a little bit different situation, the highly touted recruits that underperformed in college, they get like a little asterisk by their name, just a little asterisk, just to say, I'm going to hold them there knowing that they have a little bit more value based on the others, uh, even though they didn't have the production profile of some of the guys that maybe weren't as highly recruited. So that's kind of what I do in stage one. I call that forming my own opinion. Like I say, I spend much of the NFL, the actual NFL playoff period, looking at those, doing that process putting up my first rankings right after the Super Bowl, and then you've got a two weeks until I come to stage two, which is like where we're at right now with the combine. Stage two I call my phase of listening to others' opinions. Uh, as a person who does this part-time, uh, it would be very very foolish of me not to listen to the people that do this full-time, the NFL scouts and the analysts you know, that know far more than I do. Uh, I can listen to people who've graded NFL prospects for decades and the NFL teams and see how they use their services. Um, there are also people who are very well connected with NFL teams and they know how NFL scouts and GMs grade the players in a rookie draft. And so I listen and I read and I take in all I can in stage two, which starts with the combine. So three things that happen in stage two. First is the combine. <clears throat> Excuse me. While I love watching the NFL combine, I actually place far less value on it than many other dynasty analysts. But it is what I'll call the first pivot point in stage two of my process. I do believe that the film and production matter uh, far more than athletic testing. So I don't let you know players' athletic profiles affect my rookie rankings too much, no matter what they do in the combine. Uh, I rarely don't dock a highly ranked rookie for having a lousy performance in the co combine. But I will slightly increase uh, the value of lower ranked uh, players who appear more athletic than rookies that are kind of in their same tier. So... Bottom line, it doesn't really affect the top of my rookie rankings very much, the combine, but it can make a difference to the back half of my uh, rookie rankings. I don't care about many of the drills, honestly, but I do value the three-cone drill, especially for running backs and smaller wide receivers. I like the vertical jump uh, as uh, you know, placing significance for bigger wide receivers and the 40-yard dash specifically for tight ends. Other than that, the measurements on drills don't matter too much to me. However, I do value actually watching the passing drills. That's one of my favorite, and I love watching the gauntlet for the wide receivers. Uh, I like seeing how the ball comes off the quarterback's hands and seeing them actually right next to each other doing it so you can compare their strength of their arms and their accuracy. I also want to see which running backs run good routes and actually have good hands during those drills. And then the gauntlet's one of my favorite at just kind of evaluating wide receivers. Um, I just give an edge to wide receivers who catch passes smoothly, catch them with their hands and not their bodies, don't drop passes. I love watching the gauntlet. Uh, those are the things that I like to look at this week during this combine week. I'm going to adjust my you know ranking slightly, but not too much uh, during this part, the first part, I would say, of phase two. What really matters to me, though, are these next two things in phase two. In phase two of my analysis, it's, I call it the scouts and analysts. Um, until the NFL draft, I will consume myself with content from scouts and other analysts. I listen to podcasts mostly, but I also buy a few of the scouting public publications to read about the grades that scouts and other analysts have placed on players. I specifically aim to get three bits of knowledge from the professionals that do this full-time in our industry. The first is I want to hear from film guys. Like I said before, I make time to watch highlights to see how players win, but in stage two, I want to hear from people who've watched every player and every game and every play and get their opinion on the strengths, but not just the strengths that I see just in highlights, but actually to talk about their weaknesses. Secondly, 
I want to hear from some of the analytics guys. I want to hear about the professionals who put together production profiles and even give historical comparisons to players throughout history who have had similar production profiles. Some very brilliant people can literally put together a rookie draft board based solely on the data without ever having watched film. I'm not recommending to do that, but I do value their expertise and think that you want to marry the two together. And the third component about scouts and analysts is this. I want to hear from those connected with NFL teams because the bits and knowledge of, that they drop about those who are in the know with the NFL teams, they're extremely valuable to helping recalibrate the rookie rankings because it helps you really know what the NFL teams are thinking about and what their draft capital is likely going to be for all these rookie classes. Which brings me to the third part of my second phase, and I call that looking at mock drafts. I think it would be irresponsible not to include NFL mock drafts as a factor when you're ranking the rookie class. More on this in a moment, but draft capital is one of the rookie evaluation's final and most you know essential parts. And mock drafts, especially when they're created by well-connected scouts and analysts, they predict the draft capital. And so that's a significant factor in the changes that I make to my rookie rankings so that when my rookie rankings are set before the NFL draft actually takes place, even then they're pretty well um, informed. And the draft capital then is not going to change a whole lot because I've already factored that into my rankings before the NFL draft actually takes place. That leads us to stage three. Stage three of uh, my rookie process, ranking process, I call witnessing NFL teams' opinions. So I got forming my own opinions. Second, I listen to other pros' opinions. And then third, we get this last phase where we get to hear what the NFL teams' opinions really are. And the most significant changes in rankings occur, you know, with this final piece of the puzzle as NFL teams uh, tell us what they think of the rookie class. Uh, That said, my process um, in stages one and two, like I already said, puts me to a place where draft capital is kind of built in uh, to my rankings before the NFL draft happens. But the only thing that changes, though, is when the actual draft happens, then we get to find out where all the players landed. Phase three, witnessing NFL teams' opinions of these rookies which really is just two things that I look at here. First, I already mentioned it's called draft capital. Um, It matters to me where players were drafted. Uh, It makes a difference in how much the NFL teams invest in the player. Uh, I don't see a vast difference between first and second round prospects as far as dynasty value. I really don't make a big difference there. Second round draft picks, you know, regularly outperform first round draft picks, and they're both, you know, heavily invested in by the teams. But the third round draftees, uh, they're really more volatile. And I often hold or ex- and they often hold or exceed their dynasty value too, especially when drafted onto a team in the third round where they've got little competition ahead of them in the depth chart. It's the day three picks who really need to go, uh, need a lot to go their way to make a fantasy impact with their careers. But by the time the NFL draft begins, I have a pretty solid idea of which players will get drafted in rounds one and two. But I'm very, I'm often very surprised by which players end up getting drafted in round three. And the number of players that are not drafted in rounds three, or one, two, or three. So that's really where the surprise lies in actual draft capital for me. First and second rounders, I treat about equal. Uh, third rounders, I'm always surprised by those that don't get drafted in the third round and the few people that do. And when that happens, you know, as a result, the most significant movement in my rookie rankings is based on the draft capital occurs with those that were drafted in the third round and those who are not drafted and fall past rounds one, two, and three. I make a lot of changes and adjustments to my rankings among players that fit that category specifically as we prepare just the rookie rankings for right before our rookie drafts. That's the last piece of the puzzles is draft capital. And then finally, the last part in stage three is landing spot. The final factor in my rookie rankings process is is landing spot. That's when we know what team a player landed with. 
uh, several things make landing spot a significant pivot point in my final, final rookie rankings because landing spot just determines so much, doesn't it? Uh, it's, uh, you know, competition is weak. Someone's value can go up. If someone faces stiffer competition, their value goes down, especially among players drafted, like I said, in the third round or later. It tells us what kind of offensive scheme they're going to play for. It tells them what kind of head coach they're going to have. It tells what kind of quarterback they're going to be paired with. Who's going to be leading the team and their fantasy production is going to be tied to that quarterback. Landing spot is also, um, which, you know, tells which front office uh, drafted the team. And we all know that there are some teams that have proven far more effective in their scouting departments than others. And so I believe the cream, you know, can rise to the top among the elite in the rookie class. Like I said, first and second round. So I'm not going to move elite players up or down based on landing spot too much. However, the good but not great players landing spot can actually cause the final rookie rankings to change quite a bit. And that's why that is the last step of stage three for me. Stage one, form my own opinion. Stage two, I listen to others' opinions. And stage three, I listen to the NFL opinions with draft capital and landing spot. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about my process, and I hope you try it out yourself. Uh, this is what makes Dynasty League so fun. You know, maximize the best part of the offseason, this rookie season. That's the best part. Maximize it by making your own rankings early. Tweak them as the NFL you know, season moves on, the offseason moves on to the combine and the NFL draft. Because before you know it, we're going to be past rookie season, and we're going to be in our rookie drafts. In your rookie drafts, you can simply look at my rankings if you want, or you could look at the rankings of certainly some more prominent analysts that are out there. Or you can create your very own rankings, which is so much more fun. Be a dynasty freak and give it a try. I'd encourage you to do so. That's a wrap this week for my, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation at any time by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast, this independent podcast here. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the combine. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.